Hi, and welcome to Evangel Church Online, a safe place for everyone to explore faith in Jesus, receive his love, look more and more like him each day. I'm so glad that you're here, and today we're gonna to be talking about the mystery of grace. Welcome back. Have you ever been given a seat at a table that you knew you really didn't belong at? Maybe that was at work or the first time that you sat at a meal with a boyfriend or girlfriend's uh, family. This moment when you're being invited into a place of belonging, when you are being acknowledged and affirmed, when we've been given a seat at those tables, it does something to us, doesn't it? I remember the first time I was given a seat at a table that I knew I didn't deserve. I was being invited to join the youth leadership team. And I was in junior high school, so somewhere grade seven to nine. And the youth leadership team was comprised of senior high students, grades 10 to 12, and they were so mature. They were so cool. I looked up to them so much and I was invited to join them to plan the next quarter. And I am certain that I walked an inch taller for the next week. I can remember absolutely everything about that night. Who was there, like what the room looked like, all of it, because it mattered so greatly. Being given that seat at the table affirmed leadership in me. It told me that my ideas mattered, that I had worth within me that was valued at that table. What was that moment for you? I would love to hear it. That moment, that first time that you were given a seat at the table. We've come to yet another run-on sentence in Ephesians. Paul has quite a few of them. And so we are going to do another two-parter this week with this passage in Ephesians 3 because there's just too many good gems here to just take one pass on it and move on. So turn with me to Ephesians 3 verses 1 to 13. And if you don't have a Bible, we would love to help. If you head on over to myevangel.church forward slash Bible, then we can get you a Bible. There's some links to the app store there, um, as well as a form that if you live in the Powell River area, we would love to get you a paper Bible. So here we go. Ephesians 3 verses 1 to 3. For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles, surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you. That is, the mystery made known to me by revelation, as I have already written briefly. In reading this, then, you will be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to people in other generations, as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets. This mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body and sharers together in the promise in Christ Jesus. I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. Although I am less than the least of all the Lord's people, this grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God who created all things. His intent was that now, through the church, 
the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms, according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. In him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. I ask you, therefore, not to be discouraged because of my sufferings for you, which are for your glory, right? Do you see what I mean? There are so many incredible nuggets here for us to unpack. And so we're going to do this over two weeks and that still isn't enough, but let's go with it. Well, would you pray with me and then we'll dive in today. So thank you, God, that we have this mystery uncovered, that we don't have to wonder at your plan. Your plan was salvation. Your plan was grace. Your plan was to make way for everyone to have a relationship with you. And so as we dig into this passage today, would you unveil our eyes to see this mystery that Paul is talking about, to understand that you have welcomed us, that you desire that relationship with us, and even more, you've called us into your church, into your family, and you have a purpose for that too. So Holy Spirit, the one that is our spirit of truth, would you reveal truth to us? Would you allow your words, that which you have spoken to my spirit, to go forth in authority today? And would you allow those things that are just my own ideas to fade away? We love you. Thank you for leading us and guiding us into all truth. In your precious name, amen. So we pick up this in verse 2. Surely you've heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you. That is the mystery made known to me by revelation as I have already written briefly. Anybody watching true crime fans? I love true crime. I love documentaries. I love a good mystery. I love police procedural dramas. I love to see all of the breadcrumbs of evidence and interviews and different clues that are uncovered come together and solve these complex mysteries. And that's the natural way that I can kind of read this passage. Anytime it talks about this mystery that Paul has been um, invited into understanding, I can read it like there were these breadcrumbs hidden throughout history where God kind of like hid things from people's sight and he was waiting for somebody that would be smart enough to put it all together. And it all comes to fruition through Paul. But that is not what Paul is saying. He's not elevating himself in any way. And in fact, the word for mystery here isn't the way that we would understand mystery, like something to be solved. Instead, the Greek word for mystery is mysterion, And it's something that's hidden and revealed. It's a secret that's been shared. It's hidden counsel. It's something that the person who is the holder of the mystery is also the teller or the revealer of the mystery. And so this mystery is one that God has delighted in sharing to those set apart to do this work of reconciliation, Paul being one of those. And Paul talks about the apostles and prophets that have been invited into this mystery. We see this in verse four. In reading this then, you will be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to people in other generations as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets. This mystery 
is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and sharers together in the promise in Christ Jesus. I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. Although I am less than the least of all the Lord's people, this grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God who created all things. His intent was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. In him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. This is the beauty of the gospel. This is the mystery uncovered, the secret of grace that everyone is welcome. This is a mystery made known, a hidden truth that has now been revealed that everyone has access to the good news of Jesus. Aren't you grateful that the good news is for everyone? That we aren't those looking longingly through a window from the outside looking in, but that Jesus made a way for everyone who is willing to ask for mercy to receive it. This is good news. This is good news that there are no more separations because God's looking to our heart and he is no respecter of persons. The good news of the gospel is that Jesus died to defeat sin and death for everyone, for me and for you. And this was absolutely mind-boggling revelation to the Jews. For their entire existence, they have been segregated. They have lived the law-filled life, and the law was crystal clear in the standards for atonement. And for those who wanted to abide by the law, who weren't born Jewish, that meant a lot of hoops to jump through. And so once again, Jesus turns everything on its head. He said he came to perfect and complete the law. He came to remove the limitations that were necessary before atonement could be final. Once again, Jesus takes this shallow understanding of God and he broadens it. He says, in me, love is made perfect. In me, access to the Father is made complete. In me, there are no segregations. There are no things barring you from your seat at the table. We love this verse in Galatians 3, verse 28. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. The reality is we are all equally guilty. We are equally in need of a savior, but we are also all equally loved, equally wanted, equally forgiven, equally given access to the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. In the sight of Jesus, there's absolutely nothing that's standing in our way or segregating us from that seat at the table except for our own willingness to surrender. David Guzik writes, this could only happen through the gospel where all men have an equal standing in Jesus. The only place of true belonging is Jesus. The only place of true equality is Jesus. 
You have a seat at the table. It has been saved and reserved for you by a God who sees you and loves you so much. And he has put nothing between you except for your willingness to ask for forgiveness for your sin and brokenness. That seat, it was purchased by his grace and it's waiting for you. Growing up, we all had our spot at the table. Maybe you can relate to that. I can kind of picture it all where my brother sat, where my parents sat. We all had our own spot. And in my parents' home, we still have our own spot. My kids, my husband, we all have a spot at the table that once it's dinner time, we all gravitate to. And I think it's so funny how we kind of naturally do that, how we naturally move to these spots we know are ours. Now, it's not a tradition that we have kept going in our own family, but I love to see um, how people do have these assigned spots and it kind of goes just across all cultures and different families. And I would love to know if you currently have a spot that you sit at continually at your table. Now, even though we don't do this in our family, I do love the idea of it, that you would know there is a seat waiting for you. Your spot is there and open and waiting for you to occupy. And that's the heart of God for his family, that we would know that we belong, that you would know that you are a part of the family of God. Like we've talked about many times with all the rights and responsibilities as those adopted into his family. In verse six, it says this mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body and sharers together in the promise in Christ Jesus. And to make plain, verse nine, to everyone, the administration of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God, who created all things. These verses tie us back to this reality of family that we are chosen and adopted as Paul's been talking about in the first couple of chapters. We are united by Jesus. We are now one body, one family with the rights and responsibilities of family. We are welcomed into the family to act as family. Now there's this word that I've read in verse 9 to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery. And all those who love administration and organizations are rejoicing. And all of those who like, like to just fly by the seat of their pants are more spontaneous in nature. You're groaning, I get it. But this isn't really the administration that we're talking about here. The Greek word for what we see in English as administration is oikonomia. And it's the management of household affairs. So it is like administering what's happening, but it's like that family wall calendar or those family rules that you all abide by, the family values that dictate what matters within your home. It's the management of household affairs. Here's the good news of the gospel. We belong through Jesus to the family of God but because that is true, as we manage the family well, as we manage the house 
Well, this shared secret that God has revealed that the gospel is for everybody, that Jesus came to save not just the Jews, but the Gentiles too, that is revealed to the world through this family, through the management of this house, through our lives and our unity together. The secret is revealed that everyone belongs, that grace is free for everyone, that the Spirit of God unites us, all of us, through the family of God. One body, one family, with the rights and responsibilities of such, together. David Guzik continued to write in his commentary, we should con carefully consider what this phrase means. It demonstrates that these are not only facts to know, but also a life to live, united in Jesus with other believers, without any separation such as existed between Jews and Gentiles. One body, one family, with the rights and responsibilities together, just like we read in verse 6, we are heirs, members, sharers of the responsibility of oikonomia. We have the responsibility together to manage the house well. I'm a mom and a wife. Those are two of the hats that I wear, but I'm also a co-lead pastor here at our church. That's a hat I wear. I'm also a kids camp director and then a news bay camp president. Those are two other hats that I wear. And when you're watching this, I will have just gotten back from camp. I'm filming this before I leave and thank you for tuning in. Now, leading up to camp, it was chaos in my life. <laughs> Planning kids camp is pretty all consuming. And the reality is that I could not wear all of the hats. I could not do the management of our household by myself. I could barely do it at all. But here's the thing, I am not alone. I am part of a family. And so my family, mostly my husband, stepped into the gap. What I couldn't do, he did. He picked up the load and served our family well. He kept everything running. Why? Because that's what family does. Family steps into the need. Family shares the load. Now there's a video going around of Brene Brown. Maybe you've seen it. I love it. And this is gonna become something that we do in our marriage. But she was talking about her system with her husband. As they get home at the end of each day, they're honest with what they have to contribute to their relationship, to the house. And so anywhere from zero to 100, the energy, the emotional capacity they feel like they have, they're very honest and they tell each other what that is. And she said that the aim between the two of them is to make a minimum of 100. So some days that might mean that you have 80 to give and some days that might mean that you have 40. And that means that the other person has to decide if they have enough to cover the other person's lack. What a beautiful idea and example, not just for marriage, but for family. And even more than our nuclear families of the body of Christ, 
that we would shoulder the load together, carry each other's burdens, come alongside to strengthen and build up. Let me read that again to you, verse six and nine. This mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body and sharers together in the promise in Christ Jesus and to make plain to everyone the administration, the household management of this mystery which for ages past was kept hidden in God who created all things. Our love and care for each other, our value for each other, our co-laboring, our supporting, our encouraging, our celebrating, our stepping into the needs, it reveals the heartbeat of God to a world that is watching the church, his family. It reveals him. It reveals how he transforms us and unites us, even those that have deep divisions between us, like the Jews and the Gentiles. We have not been saved alone or into a vacuum. We've been saved into a family, and there is a seat at the table for you. This mystery, it's the mystery of grace. That God can see all that we are and all that we've been through and all that we've done wrong or right and still love us so much that he went to the cross for us to pay the price of our brokenness and sin. This mystery, it's a mystery of belonging. But through Jesus, God calls us his children, that we have been brought into a family. We belong to the body of Christ this mystery, it's the mystery of purpose. That our life is no longer just meant to be lived for ourselves, but that through Jesus, everything that I do now has this sacred element to it of growing in relationship with him and revealing him to the world through my life. It's a mystery revealed, a secret shared, and it's free. And it's for you. So if you're exploring faith today and you're with us, I want you to know that there's absolutely nothing barring you from your seat at the table. God knows absolutely everything you've done. He knows all the doubts and the fears that you bring to this moment, all the baggage and brokenness that you carry, and he still holds out your seat for you. He purchased it for you. He took the penalty that your sin made you deserving of so that you wouldn't have to pay it. And he welcomes you to the family of God. All we have to do, our responsibility is to accept it. And there's nothing barring us from our seat at the table except our decision to sit in it. Accept our decision to recognize Jesus for who he is, that he is our God and he is our savior. He's the only one who is able to forgive us because he's God. And our recognition that because he's God and he's our savior, he gets to di dictate how we live. He is the one who is in charge. There's nothing barring us from our seat at the table except our willingness to surrender to Jesus to put aside our own ideas of how our life should go and allow God to be in control, to be the leader, to be the one in charge. And this mystery of grace is that it's free and at the same time it costs us everything. It's throwing off who we are to be made new in Jesus. 
But here's the thing, when we're made new in Jesus, we are made more fully who we were created to be. More fully loved, more fully welcomed, more fully surrendered to a God who loves us and cares us far far more than we have ever been loved or cared for before, far more than we could ever imagine, who knows exactly what is for our best. We are saved by grace into the family of God, into the body. One of our favorite phrases here at Evangel and one of our value statements is you were made for community, welcome home. In fact, if you come here at any point and you enter our lobby, you will see this big installment that says welcome home as part of that value. And we believe that with everything that we are, we believe that you were not called to walk this faith journey alone. In fact, we believe that isolation is completely disobedient to the life that God has set before us. It's completely disobedient to the will and the plans of God. You were made to belong. You were made for a family. You were made for community. Welcome home. Family shares everything. They share the joys and delights of life. They cheer each other on in accomplishment, and they remind us who we really are in defeat when we're tempted to believe the worst about ourselves. They share the load and the monotony of life, like dish loads and washing clothes, and they pick up the slack when someone has a need. You were made for family. And so this Today, you are beginning to just feel that prompting of the Holy Spirit. If you are feeling this need to respond to this mystery of grace, I want to invite you to take a moment right now to do so. And we're going to pray together. And there's nothing special in the words that we pray. It's just this an acknowledgement of who Jesus is. He's the one who's holding the chair because he bought it of surrendering to sit down and allow him to be the one in charge. And I also want to invite you, if you've just been walking through life and you've been doing so in isolation and you recognize that you need the family of God to come alongside you, would you reach out? Would you take that first step of community and invite somebody into your story, whether that is through messaging us here at the office or reaching out to somebody else who loves Jesus, who can stand alongside you as family to lighten your load, to hear your story, to cheer you on, to remind you of who you are in defeat. We need each other. Again, if you wanna make that decision for Jesus today, I want to invite you to pray with me. And if you know Jesus and you've been walking this life of faith out in isolation, I'm going to pray for you right after. So God, we thank you that you have created us for relationship with you first. And then you've created us for relationship with each other second. And so right now, Jesus, we recognize our need that each one of us has fallen short of the standard that you set. That each one of us is guilty of doing things that have wronged one another and most importantly, broken your heart. We recognize that there is no way we could save ourselves, but this is the mystery of grace. 
But Jesus, you saw us and you loved us and you paid the price on our behalf. And so right now we surrender to grace. We surrender to forgiveness. We surrender to life because you are life. And we allow you to be the one who washes us clean and takes control, who's the one in charge. We thank you for forgiveness. We thank you for saving us. And God, I pray for those that are here with us and they recognize that they've been doing this life in isolation. That though they belong to a family, they've been operating as individuals. Would you remind us that this family of God you've adopted us into is such a beautiful gift from you. That you are the one who makes us fully accepted, fully equal in unity. You are the one who knits us together so that we can stand for one another, so that we can reveal your heart to the world through the church, through your body. Would you go before us and pave ways in relationship? And would you remind us that we, we serve each other as we serve you? Would you help us to be your hands and feet reflected to each other. We love you in your precious name. Amen. Well, thank you so much for being here with me today, friends. Thanks for tuning in on a July weekend. I know that the sun is shining in the ocean or lake or just a backyard is calling. So thank you for taking the time to be here. As always, everything that we do at Evangel, including our online content, is completely funded by the donations of people just like you. And no donation is too big or too small. So would you consider partnering with us financially if you would like to do so? There are so many ways to give and rather than ramble them out to you, if you head over to myevangel.church forward slash give it will give you all of the ways that you can partner with us well again thank you so much for being here i look forward to being with you next week as we dive back into this same passage and pick out some new nuggets of god's truth to us have a great week